Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the Crossroads of the Week of December 3rd, 2018. Counting down the days until we hit 2019 here, it's crazy. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about Ectoforce. What's the status on it? What's the deal with those logos that appeared online? We're going to examine that a little bit. Then we're going to talk about a man cave that appeared over in Europe. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Chris and I are a little jealous. We'll tell you why. Stay tuned. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! Yeah, you should. Do you know what happens when you uh, mix muscle relaxants and uh, vodka? <laughs> you get... <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know, but you and I are going to find out tonight. Oh, no. So, hit record. Uh, I, I've seen 16 candles. You I know, know what happened to... Uh, get yourself no. some ibuprofen and, you know, the the little the little cousin on the, uh, the barbiturate uh, list, whatever that is there. Like, Welcome like to Narcotics it, Talk it, it here had, with Chris Stewart. If it, <laughs> if, it, if it has boom all or whatever at the end of it, uh, yeah, you're 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 wandering into happy territory. <laughs> yeah, you throw in a Vicodin, and boom, you got a stew cooking. Uh, <laughs> if it has that on it, you can't buy more than a few because they're afraid you're going to go off and cook something up. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I had that. It's a. Uh, all right. Well, I guess the, the good news but is I'm I'm not drinking this podcast, so I, I can keep us uh, steering. I, I can keep the the straight and true uh, path here for us, and then. Well, I, who am I kidding? I actually just took the I took the Robaxa set and, and and drank a can of Coke. I I haven't gone to the vodka yet, but okay, that was yet. that was an empty threat. This word yet. yet. Like if we'll you said you haven't seen point. Evil Dead Two yet, does that imply you want to see Evil Dead Two? Um, if, well, if it's going flat halfway through, I'll, 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 you know, I'll yell Operation Belushi and off we go. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, <clears throat> well, let's see. Uh, I, shoot. I, I think maybe I should start with kind of the bummer news here uh, before we get into the news news. Um, sad, sad news uh, to report. I'm sure people on social media have seen it, but uh, a, a fellow fan has passed away. Um, and, I, and I thought it was worth mentioning here at the top of the show, just because I know it's, it's also kind of on a lot of people's minds right now. So I'm sure as you're listening to this on Monday, uh, you, you will have heard if you have not heard already, but, uh, uh Amanda Lilly of the Ghostbusters West Virginia division, uh, passed away, uh, just the outpouring of support and love that I've seen has been, has been really great. Um, but I, I, I want to mention it here at the top of the show so that you can, 
uh, reach out to anybody who may have known her, reach out to the West Virginia folks, uh, let them know that you're, uh, you're thinking about them, but, uh, just very sad. It sounds like it was very sudden. She apparently, she was very young as well, uh, born in 88. So, uh, yeah, just 30, just, just hit 30. Too young. Um, so, uh, so apparently she was admitted to the hospital with flu like symptoms from what we've heard. And, and she suffered what they call a thyroid storm, which is a reaction to hyperthyroidism. I guess if you have hyperthyroidism and it's untreated, uh, this is the the result and it's life threatening. And, and sure enough, uh, it, it did take yeah. her life. So it's very sad. There's... Um, but, uh, I, I, maybe, maybe the best way to do this, Chris is let's let, I'll read, the passage, the the comment that the West Virginia Division uh, franchise put up on their Facebook page, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll give a, a brief little pause, and then we'll get into the news. But so here's what the West Virginia Division says: Today we say goodbye to one of our own. We lost a dear friend and someone who made helping others a priority of her life. Amanda Lilly was a staple of our display tables, of our parades, and many birthday parties and hospital visits. She loved all people regardless of race, religion, or sexual orientation. She was a sweet soul who made every event better when she attended. Moreover, she made every one of us better people just by being in our lives. We raise our proton wands in honor of one of the kindest souls to ever wear a flight suit. Amanda, we love you, we miss you, and we'll see you on the other side. You were the best of humanity and a tiny, amazing package. Peter, I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right, Chris. Well, the news, the show will continue. We must go on. We must uh, prevail, even though uh, we have sad news to start things out with. But, um... You want, to t- you want to talk about Ecto Force first? I feel like this is what I've been really anxiously awaiting talking to you about. I kind of want to front load that. Are you okay with that? Yeah, um, that's fine. So, so Ghostbusters Ecto Force, the animated series that was kind of announced. Uh, I mean, it, it was kind of a formal announcement, kind of a passing announcement. I think if I remember correctly, there was a leak and then it was announced <laughs> or something. Something happened where it was like, I don't think we were supposed to know about this quite yet, but... Um, so, uh, we haven't heard a whole lot about it lately. And in fact, Ivan Reitman earlier this year mentioned something that it's been postponed or pushed back while they figure out what their next steps are. Um, and then all of a sudden this past week, uh, Ron McPherson, who's a work for hire artist, his concept art for the logos of the show, uh, wound up online. Um, and they're, they're pretty, they're like just pencil, like line art, basically. They're not finished or finalized logos just something that i bet they floated past studio executives <clears throat> yeah um, they're actually it's impressive when you see them because it means somebody sat down with a pencil and did it by hands and yeah uh, which is what i mean the typography is wonderful the perspective he's got a few of them that have these cool like skewed perspectives where they're flying toward the camera um he has one that's very sort of industrial with a, a metal back plate um it, it's very reminiscent of when we saw if if you all out there are as old as chris and i and you remember super ghostbusters which was the precursor to extreme <laughs> ghostbusters it, it reminds me a lot of that like when we saw all of the prelim stuff for extreme <laughs> ghostbusters um it, it looks a lot like those first couple of sketches that we saw um but uh yeah. so 
but I, why why do you think because i think you had said on proton charging like isn't it curious that when something gets killed or is no longer moving forward that concept artists feel free that that's when they post all their artwork up um uh yeah, that that was the cynical take on it. Yeah, uh, but it grows out of a mechanism of uh, contract work with artists. Uh, artists, um, <clears throat> well, it's like everybody. You you get more work by being able to show what you can do. Right. You need to show that and, portfolio <clears throat> off. Yeah. And it's usually built into a lot of contracts. Not all of them, but I I uh, it's it's something you see. Uh, all the time, it's something I've seen before in my own work and all that, is that you tell them, yes, uh, whatever the terms of the contract are, there's always a certain point where you go and you can show it off. Sometimes you say, you know, private portfolios or whatever that you show around, uh, you can do right away, or that's all you can do, or this thing's super secret, secret, so please never, but until, once it comes out, feel free to share around, that sort of thing. Um, So there's two ways you can look at this the 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 sad me earlier in the week was kind of like oh i guess this means it's done because that's <laughs> yeah, the other thing too is when, to pro- when projects get shelved the artists still get to go oh this was that thing that never came out but i did some work on it sort of thing um but the flip side of the coin is is if it got pushed back it could just have been written in that for x amount of time he wasn't allowed to the fact that you know they may have pushed it back. Uh, it may still see the, the, the light of day. Didn't stop anything. Like the, 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 the title was known. Nothing that he had done revealed anything about the project. Yeah, it's not revealing than, uh, anything. Yeah. And he's showing a variety, which makes it very clear that none of these are the final thing. This is just concept stuff I did. Here's seven of them. And you all know that Ectoforce is a, you know, you're aware of it. So here, look at the stuff I did. And that's usually fine sort of thing. So I initially I was kind of bummed that, oh, I guess it's done. But <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, the more I, mean, I thought again, about it. Hey, social media with gut reactions, uh, you've, you've had some time to think it over and it, your, your reaction has changed. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's funny because, uh, and I, I hate, I hate doing it because I feel like it's the trap that we all fall into, but comparing Ghostbusters to Star Wars. So a lot of the artists that were doing concept art for the new, um, trilogy of Star Wars films, their contracts have, uh, lapsed, have expired. I guess maybe 2019 is what they were contracted through or NDA through or whatever it may be. So we've started seeing a lot of concept art from the force awakens and prior to the force awakens, uh, of these artists who were doing exploratory work back then. And everybody's like, Oh, look, you know, Luke was in exile even way back then. Um, and, and you get to sort of get a sense of that, um, development process through what these artists artists have done. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe they're changing directions on Ecto force. Maybe it's, it was pushed back or maybe, maybe it's super Ghostbusters syndrome. Maybe Ecto force is not moving forward in the original sense of what it was supposed to be, but it's going to turn into something else. I don't know. Or maybe it's dead completely. Um, that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I mean, I, I get it. It's sort of a catch 22 where I don't, for Marvel, uh, we, we sign up to work on these awesome projects for Marvel that you can never talk about. You can't tell anybody, you can't tell your own parents what you're working on. Uh, but you need to find more work in the meantime. And if they haven't announced something and it was, uh, two years ago, um, 
I, I need to, I can't show on my CV that I haven't worked in two years. I need to put something somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get it. This concept artist is probably also sort of feeling like, well, I, I worked on a big property like Ghostbusters and I can't show that work off. I can't tell anybody and I can't have it help me find whatever the next gig may be. So maybe, yeah. he, maybe he just jumped the gun and we're reading way too much into it. He was just like, eh, I haven't seen anything about it. Maybe he thought it came out and he was like, eh, I'm just going to put these up. <laughs> Yeah. Like I said, it, it may have been built into the thing that they were working to a timeline that's now shifted, but based on that original timeline, they said after this point, yeah, you can you can you can run with it, sort of thing. Um, and we saw this before. Uh, um, uh, uh, what was the gentleman's name? Herod, because um, he's here in town, and I know Herod. Uh, did uh, level concept art for and him and some a couple other guys uh, level concept art for Ghostbusters the video game and that popped up like a year or so after the game came out because that was fine and dandy now it's your you yeah, know, the game is out yeah game's out it's not getting in the way the same with the art for the the level the parade level that was removed right. that stuff popped right. up after about a year because the game was out and they were like look stuff that never made it in ba 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 um. So yeah, it's <laughs> let's not read a lot into it. But um, <laughs> the other thing is, he uh, this gentleman here, Ron, was it Ron? Uh, um, yes, it was Ron McPherson. Is the artist's name? Yeah, uh, a very well established artist. Looking at his uh, his his portfolio online, there he did concept work for you know Ready Player One, and uh, no, am I thinking of somebody else? That was the other guy. Uh, I think you're, yeah, I think you're thinking of... Yeah, I'm confused. Uh, I think his name was Jared. Uh, yes. He he does, like, a lot of, like, tech and creature work. He was tech the guy stuff. that posted all right. of the, like, different trap iterations and stuff, but... Ron, uh, the thing that stuck with me is somewhere in there was DuckTales. I think, actually, he and his stuff got chosen for the new DuckTales by... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he he's done other... Uh, uh, his whole thing was, yeah, titling and logoing and... Uh, typography and all that so yeah and, and that's the i mean if you look in the lower uh, right corner the images are posted on uh, paul rudolph's uh, spook central if you want to take a look at them but um in the lower right corner it says you know f- four gel communications uh and gel communications is a, a well-established uh agency out here in la they do commercial work ad work uh, title work all all sorts of stuff so it's it's very feasible that Sony hired gel communications to start doing exploratory work, uh, just on logos and branding and putting packaging for toys together. And, and that kind of stuff that always has to be front loaded for, <laughs> for an animated show, even though the animated show may not be moving forward at the moment, they're working on the merch and all that all stuff. Right. So listen, it's uh, not 1998 anymore. Uh, we can't go with a manhole cover. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, but the the logos for Extreme Ghostbusters were so good. Like that one, I still remember it. The one with the rivets, it was like, um, yeah. The there was something about that period of time. See, I come, I my background, what little of it I, you know, any expertise or whatever I have in the area of graphic arts, is all newspaper based or. Um, and from there, so for me, like you get packets all the time from like major league teams and all that. And they're like, here's every team logo in the league. Here it is in color. Here it is in grayscale. Here it is in halftone. Here it is in black and white. Like 
here's what it looks like when you shrink it down and it holds up when it like so yeah. it got to extreme ghostbusters and it was very of the time i'm looking at it now i have uh, boxes of the toys sitting up on the wall and i'm just i'm staring at it i'm like yeah it's just they were very big on shading and <laughs> it's like it, none of this stuff translated into a black and white version uh, very well yeah. and it's always it's always kind of it's not bad. It's, it's extreme. Not my choice. It was the '90s. It's extreme. Well, uh, you know, late '90s. <laughs> Everything was extreme. extreme and inspired by the streets of New York City. And yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We can only read so much into it. Yeah. It's, it was interesting that it popped up because I thought basically we would just never hear anything about it again. To be honest. Uh, yeah, I, that. I mean, that was kind of the boat that I was. I was thinking if it's not going to get mentioned at FanFest in June, I think it's safe to say Ectoforce is no more. Ectoforce was the what they thought was going to be the bridge and then is not the bridge. or And it's that's totally, they have the right to change their minds. Like they're trying to figure yeah. out what the next steps are to make this property live on forever, which will come up in a voicemail that we're going to play here um, shortly. But You know, it's perfectly feasible too that they said, uh, they sat down and said, we've decided we no longer like the title Ecto Force. Uh, so thank you very much. These are great. And yeah. you're free to show them off. Because again, that also doesn't violate, you know, uh, not violate. It doesn't step on any plans for what things are going right. forward. Because of course, all it's showing off is where things were, you know, a year and a half sure, ago. Sure, change of direction. And now yeah. everything's changed. So go ahead, share it with the world. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. So I mean, stay stay tuned. Again, we may be reading. Maybe uh, Ron just wanted to get some work out there and <laughs> show people. But uh, stay stay tuned. Are you saying you and I are reading way too much into way <laughs> That's too what little? We do. That's right. what we do. All That's, right. What 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 a better way to podcast than reading into like a <laughs> sentence in an article? Um, all right. Well, let's talk about speaking of an article to read a sentence or two out of uh, smashing interviews had a great interview with Ernie Hudson, who's out there doing some press for uh, the family business, which is his new show um, and uh, seems to be getting some good critical acclaim, which is good. I'm glad to see Ernie uh, getting that that respect that he always uh, earns. And uh, yeah, I was about to say, has he been in anything that doesn't get some critical praise? Like he always seems to. I, I mean, I. Congo was pretty uh, okay. Fair panned, point. But I love Congo. I will defend Congo <laughs> until I die because stop eating my sesame cake. Um, but uh, <laughs> just one line. That's all I need to go to, and that's why all I love right. Congo. I haven't seen it since it came out, so maybe uh, maybe I'll revisit. Oh man, it. Tim know. Curry is wonderful. The that's true. All of the stuff with the apes is is it's so bad that it's good at this. Yeah, point the now. the last gasp of Practical Apes. Like maybe I do need to revisit it, right? Like yeah, yeah. And, no computer you know, apes. Cashing in on the Coco the Gorilla craze, basically, but way too late, way too late for the Coco craze. But um, anyway, so back to Ernie Hudson. Uh, so Melissa Parker, uh, had this great interview with him, uh, with, with some really great in-depth answers, uh, including one that I didn't know that he had a connection to Stan Lee and Stan Lee had inspired him to, uh, continue his, uh, his college, um, which I, I didn't know. And in fact, maybe I'll read that one because that one was really cool. And then of course yeah. Ghostbusters comes up. So uh, I'll read these and maybe we can talk about them. So Melissa says, I heard that you gave Stanley credit for your going to college. Is that true? 
Ernie says, yeah, you know, I met Stan Lee for the first time maybe a little over 20 years ago, and then of course I would see him at different conventions and we would always talk, and I am so disappointed that I haven't done any Marvel franchises. Of course, we want to see Ernie in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Anyway, uh, but I always liked him, and he always seemed to like me as well, but I was so honored uh, to meet him because I didn't grow up in a family that put a lot of emphasis on going to college. The big thing was just finish high school and we're good with that. But when reading was mandatory in school and when I found the Marvel comics that Stanley created, I just love the stories and I love the characters. And that inspired me to want to discover reading in another way. I just felt like it was life transforming. Um, I think it had not been for those... Had it not been for those comics, I wouldn't have seen beyond the possibilities, you know? You grow up in an environment where you go, okay, this is it, how do I imagine something bigger? And those comic books were pretty amazing. I was so honored to get to meet him, tell him that, and I really appreciated him. So, uh, you know, reading reading Stan Lee's stories and uh, just inspired Ernie to continue his education in a, in a family and an environment that normally said, like, oh, you're good in high school. You're That's all you need. Um, which I thought, I thought that was really cool. And of course, if I'm sure they ran the convention circuit together and, and probably encountered each other uh, multiple times. So, um, so very, very cool there. Uh, so of course he talks ghostbusters because as we saw with the Dan rather interview, uh, a couple weeks ago, it, none of nobody with any association with ghostbusters can get away with any interview without somebody bringing it up, but she doesn't ask about a ghostbusters three. Yes. Thankfully we don't have to. No, we're going to deal with that. That's later in the rundown. But uh, she does ask, did you have any idea that all you would still be talking about is Ghostbusters over 30 years later? Uh, and he says, you know, I had no idea that I would be talking about that film almost 40 years later. He even corrects her. But I'm still thankful to have something to talk about 40 years later. People will pick out um, different movies that touch their lives that meant something to them and their families. But one thing about Ghostbusters is that it crosses generations. There are grandparents and their grandkids who talk about the movie. There's something there that everybody, no matter the age enjoyed the fact that people love the movies and guys will turn their cars into ectomobiles, make their jumpsuits and build those backpacks is humbling to me. I'm just so appreciative and so thankful that people find inspiration in it. Um, good. I think good bookends, right? Chris, like, yeah. Here's here's uh, Ernie saying Stan Lee and his stories inspired me, uh, and and it was really meaningful in my life. Here's something that I was involved in, and I see that it is meaningful to people in similar ways, and that just humbles me. I think that's man. Ernie is such a cool guy. He's just such a nice guy. You don't hear those people. Uh, the the bigger stars in Hollywood, uh, I don't I don't feel like they have that same humility and and humbleness that that Ernie Hudson has. It's it's just so cool to always hear. But um, so anyway, so uh, I haven't watched. Have you watched Ernie's Family Business show yet? I I think it's on Amazon. I have not. Showtime. I feel bad. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna find out what service it's on right now. Um, but. Uh, you know what, again, everybody's got these great streaming service, uh, shows now. And, and of course, Ernie is able to, to jump on that. I think he's also an executive producer. Funny enough. Oh, it's on iTunes. It's on BET. All right. So oh, it's iTunes and BET, but, um, so anyway, so, uh, awesome, awesome <coughs> interview with Ernie. Check, check that one out. We'll, I think it's on your proton charging page, but we'll make sure to recirculate that link so that you can see everything. Good, uh, Ernie B in the Marvel universe. Well, I wanted him to be T'Chaka, but that went by the wayside. I thought he would have been such a great T'Chaka, but 
Um, yeah, that didn't that didn't happen. <sighs> I'm trying to think now. Well, I, I mean, the trick the trick with the Marvel Cinematic Universe is it's starting to get into deep cut time. In that's, uh, yeah, that, places. Is, um, that is the other trick. Uh, I don't know. I've been watching a lot of the trailers for the uh, Into the Spider Verse there, and oh uh, yeah, that looks really good. If they ever tap fun. into the, if they ever bring Miles Morales into the, uh, I don't know. What were we talking about? Oh, <laughs> but well, the point was is that with yeah. uh, if Miles Morales, uh, uh, I could well, uh, I mean Ernie looks good. He might be getting to grandpa age now though, so maybe maybe not. I, that's Miles the thing Morales is he has dad, stopped but, aging, so Ernie Ernie can play any age, which makes him a pretty versatile actor too. But um, well, let's <laughs> let's hit let's hit you guys up. Who would you like to see Ernie Hudson play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Let's let's yeah. help him find uh, a good place here in the MCU. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's bring up... I wanted to bring this up last week, but we kind of... We ran long, and I didn't have time. But uh, so EctoCon 2020, which, um, of course, we've, we've all been talking about FanFest, which is happening in Culver City on the Sony lot uh, in 2019. But, hey, what are you doing the year after? Do you want to travel across the pond? Because the, uh, the fans in Scotland are putting together what sounds like it's going to be a pretty swinging party. Um, and they're looking for help. Uh, so we wanted to boost the signal for them, uh, in 2020 at the Royal concert hall in Glasgow. Uh, they are going to put together a Glasgow, 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 Glasgow. I'll just mumble. (laughs) Uh, but they're putting together a four fans by fans event. Um, where, uh, I I guess the plan as of right now is they're going to do uh, pre-sale tickets, on Indiegogo to kind of help uh, finance things. So um, if you are in the area, if you are interested, if you uh, have some extra spending cash uh, this holiday season and you just want to donate and and be a cool fan, uh, hit them up. It's uh, facebook.com slash ectocon 2020. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's going to be a good sort of uh, companion uh, sister program to uh, FanFest for those who are not able to make it to the States uh, to be at that event. So uh, it, it seems, yeah. I, I know they're still kind of putting all of the things together, so there's not too much to talk about. And uh, we will certainly have them on the show um, probably, you know, into next year once they've got some stuff together and they can, can talk about what they've got planned. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'd, I'd go, you want to go to Scotland, Chris? I've always wanted to go to Scotland. So um, I definitely think people should, uh, if you are Evan. in the uh, UK or you know Western Europe area, there, uh, go 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 follow them on Facebook and start chatting with them about it and all that. Because I mean, this is it's it's got a great name, uh, EctoCon twenty twenty, and my fear is that a lot of people then will start applying there larger convention expectations on top of things. Right. But this is, is a, um, uh, appearing to be a well-organized, but it's, it's a first step. So I don't, I don't think I'd rather people go talk to them and see what's going on and, and get a real good sense of, of what it is rather than maybe in their own heads, raising their expectations that somehow it's going to be, you know, whatever the London con is or something like that. And then, and then being all grumpy about it, like, no, 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 no. I mean, I think it's, I think it's kind of, uh, maybe this is an answer to the Scotland comic con that they just had where, uh, we, we play that audio that Ecto crank sent us of Ray Parker jr. It seems like it was a very small, very intimate, uh, environment. Um, so, you know, this, 
again, uh, maybe good counter sister programming to FanFest where it's going to be a lot of people and, and a big yep. crowd. Uh, this might be a good chance to have a, a smaller yeah. group get together, basically. Uh, a good a good uh, companion to things like uh, PKA Surge and all that, yes. too. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and, and look at P- look at how many people show up to PKE Surge now, too, and that's... Yeah. Uh, and this, this definitely has those vibes, yeah. It, especially the vibes of how PKE Surge started, which was quite humble. Fun, yeah. uh, quite humble, but look where it's at now. So go do that. Support that, because I, like I said, you know... Great things come out of, I don't know, something about horticulture and, you know, being an arborist and planting <laughs> seeds and you get trees. I don't know what it is. There's some <laughs> adage for it. There's, but, uh, well, there's some <clears throat> something in there. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, all great things have to start somewhere. So, yeah. uh, I think this is a great thing for Ghostbusters fans in the UK. So yeah, check, check it out. Uh, Facebook.com slash Ectocon 2020. That's where you can get uh, the info and the link to the Indiegogo page, uh, for, for that. Um, well, uh, one, one other news item here, uh, not even news, but just sort of a something, a something cool item. I'll have to find a better name for that. I'm going to workshop that later. But uh, <laughs> but I was I was lurking on the GB fans boards the other, other day, and um, I found this really great fan um, in England who has has created. Um, well, his 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 username is One Time. I wish I had his real name. I should have actually asked him before I talked about this on the air. But he's an architect who's created his own man cave, and it's all Ghostbusters themed even though the design of it is very sort of um, uh, Johnny Ive, Apple, everything is glass and, and sort of uh, brightly lit white, which is, is kind of cool. It looks like he's in a, a Kubrick uh, set or something, but it's his uh, two-story flat. But, um, but what he's done is it's a place that he only uses for gatherings. It's for parties, for movie screenings, for gaming. It's, um, it's like his sort of entertaining pad. And uh, it's all ghost. Like everything is sort of circulated around Ghostbusters. Uh, you have to see it. It's kind of tough to talk about on the podcast, but I did want to mention it. Um, so when you go like the bar kitchen area, there are display cases where he has a, a proton thrower and a trap and some uh, prop replicas, replicas and things that he has uh, accumulated over the years as a fan that are on display. And it's it's just so cool. Have you, have you seen it, Chris? Did you have a chance to ch- take a look at this? No, because somebody didn't give me a I'm link. I'm sorry, that's my bad. But. Uh, it sounds really cool, and I, I really want to, because it sounds great, but I, I unfortunately haven't seen it yet. Yeah, well, and, and he's uh, he's posted some images and then has also posted video because, so the the hook, the, the, the spin here on his movie projection system that he has built in um, is that it is this giant... 3d IMAX projection system in his flat, which is astounding. Uh, so floor to ceiling, wall to wall, he can project onto a wall and it is all in 3d IMAX. And he's also run the technology to play his PC version of ghostbusters, the video game through that Mm -hmm. 3d technology. So he's, he's sitting there, he's controlling, uh, the rookie and, and running through Ghostbusters, the video game in three dimensions. And it just sounds, man, it sounds so cool. I mean, even just being in an apartment that has 3d IMAX sounds 
pretty impressive on its own, but the fact that he's now thrown in this little curveball is is pretty cool too. But um, so here's here's quick a uh, quick excerpt from his post. Um, but go check it out in GB fans uh, forums. It's in the introductions thread. If you can't find it, it it's kind of toward the top. And his uh, username is one time. But he says, um, I I designed the flat to feature fully automated lighting that can recreate any color scene. And I have a 300 inch 3d IMAX projection system. So all of the light in the room is interacting with the 3d projection system, basically creating this completely immersive environment. Um, and then he says, we are currently trialing neuro control of the lighting. In other words, using EEG hardware, which I, I, I don't even know how to get into that. Like his, his, brain is controlling the lighting anyway i I guess so oh my god yeah i found pictures i'm looking at it now it's it's insane it's uh it's unbelievable and anyway so he says the projection system means that uh ghostbusters the video game can be run at one-to-one life size like a three-dimensional holodeck from star trek if you set the eye height according to your own standing height relative to the known heights of the actors, the 3D is like interacting inside the third movie. Yep, I'm with Ackroyd on that. So his projector can run the 120 frames a second. Yep. So, and it's splitting those. And of course, if it's running off of his PC, so he's got a video card that can do the... Because uh, even if your games aren't made for 3D, because uh, I've seen this in, and I've used it uh, before on other games, you can just, I mean, it's a 3D th- rendering, right? So you just tell it, just well, do yeah. the math that way, and, please. And that's, and that's it, what I, that was my first, if you read the thread, that's my first question to him. First of all, it's like, when when can I visit? Because that sounds awesome. And then the second one is, how are you 3D converting Ghostbusters, the video game? That Well, because that's just a thing that some cards just do automatically if your monitor can do the like the the double up of the the frame rate so you can do the polarized lens thing yeah and that's where like, does the convergence come from it just does it based upon the 3d space that's programmatically in the game i guess yeah it, the G, the gpu like you're, yeah. you're running that you're it has to render the game through the gpu to show on your 2d screen it's just that these cards and, and their GPU are set to go, oh, and if I'm doing the math, I'll just do it twice as if it's your eyeballs, you know, three inches apart hmm. and hand it off that way. Uh, that is a very bad technical explanation on my part, but that's essentially what's happening is um, even even if the developers never developed, I don't know why it didn't take off. I, th- I guess it might have just been you had to have the glasses, and that was kind of a hassle. Yeah, or... You had to have like the active <clears throat> frame glasses for your computer monitor, or. But I used it yeah. like I I made a video game that had a a three D uh, galactic map that on two D you just rotated around, you know, like a ball, like you know those the those cloud maps and all that you see online. Those are. 2D representations of a 3D thing that you're just rotating around. Great. We never designed that game with 3D in mind at all. There's nothing. There's yeah. no APIs. There's no nothing we built into it. But in demoing it at one place, it had the 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 setups they had. Yeah, you could put the glasses on and it just did it. And yeah, sure enough, the whole HUD was all flat because that's just you know right. But the the yeah. 3D star map was 3D. It was amazing. So wow. like I said, I'm I'm and that was. Uh, da, 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 da. 
pushing a decade ago. So <laughs> I'm assuming that these days, oh God, just the quality uh, that you could render out and push it through. Uh, like, write it back. Tell them we're coming. We'll be there in a couple I, of yeah, weeks. Christmas I, break's coming up. That was the um, first. I mean, again, I I, I said, when can I visit? Uh, I, I invited myself over, but you and I shall just fly out there. Because it, oh, it there, looks... Yeah. There it is. Sorry, it says right there. Basically, the game was built in NVIDIA 3D support on the PC. Okay, so he's saying they... It sounded to me like his explanation was that the game had actually been ported to 3D, just not a lot of people knew that it was there and it was buggy and something... Like the, the the explain he actually goes if you go to the thread he goes into explaining how you can do it at home which again shows just yeah. his technical know how. I um, don't know that they actually did any of that, but he is describing the rest the way I was talking about. Right, the, the Nvidia display drivers have a thing that you click, say, pump it out as 3D, and then he says there's a site that has information for you to go in. I guess command line entries and stuff like yeah. that, stuff that's buried under the hood to what he calls fix uh, developer glitches. (laughs) I don't think those are developer glitches, pal. I think those are, uh, uh, I think what those are is they weren't trying to do it. And thus, when you you pump it through the card, weird things happen. And this tells you how to fix it. So it doesn't matter. Six and one half a dozen of another. If I had to guess, I don't think they did any uh, other than their, the, you know, building the game in engine and stuff. That's true too. I don't know much about the infernal engine. It's possible that they, they're running it on their infernal engine and they had designed the infernal engine with potential 3d stuff in mind. I'm sure it uh, has the geometric data in there in order to, if you're firing a proton stream, it has to know in what direction and at what, what angle and how far away the object is that you're hitting. Like it's all in there. I'm sure it's, it's just math. Yeah. It's, and like I said, the, as long as the Science. the GPU knows what to do with it, uh, he said, uh, oh, wow. So he's even at the point that he's overclocking his machine a little bit to do it. It doesn't matter. To, do, to render it life-sized at 120 frames a second so you could watch it in 3D, that is just... It's, it's pretty awesome. It's just... I mean, and so he has video of it. It... It's tough because, like he says, it's it's a three-dimensional thing, and it's kind of like taking video of, you know, if you've been to the arcade and you're playing the the golf game where you can actually hit the ball into the screen and the, the ball travels, like that kind of thing. It That's what it kind of looks like, so it, it doesn't really read on a cell phone camera video or whatever, but uh, yeah. What I'd love to know is what the trapping is like because the one – it wasn't a weakness. It was just a limitation of – trying to do a 3D thing where you threw out your proton stream, trapped a ghost, and then hauled it over the trap. I'm wondering how that looks and feels when you're actually looking at it rendered in 3D. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say, do you need a uh, some sort of a dramamine or a motion sickness pill? Because when you're trapping a ghost and you're slamming it and you're fighting with it, <laughs> and if it's at whatever it is, 300-inch 3D IMAX and the whole room is spinning that way, uh, it might be a little much. But uh, Oh, wow. That is just... <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, check check it out. It's on the gbfans.com uh, forums uh, up there in the introductions, and his username is one time. It is it's awesome. You have to see it uh, to believe it. Hi, Chris. Hi, Troy, and uh, all the ghost heads out there. Uh, I'm Pablo from New York, uh, calling in because I 
just recently uh, finished the uh, latest podcast episode, and I wanted to share my thoughts my thoughts regarding the uh, Cinema Blend article, and uh, basically more my thoughts on point number five regarding, you know, uh, that Ghostbusters three has to be the last of the Ghostbusters films, or at least the last regarding the main line of stories. And frankly, I don't know what the author was thinking and what his thoughts, as you pointed out. Like, he he made points, but he didn't expand on them too much. He made them so basic and simple that you can't really dissect them as, uh, say, a fan who would leave a long comment in a post on Facebook or in a message boards. And to me, it's, it's a ridiculous point because Ghostbusters is, is, is a franchise and if it wants to survive and if it ever wants to last a long time, you have to give the characters new stories and uh, allow them to develop in different ways. I can understand if he meant that maybe allow it to be the end of the original team that this is like their final story or final adventure but it shouldn't be the end of anything ghostbusters it should you know allow a new team to come up and i've had conversations with friends that i think what makes the video game a successful third film for people is just the fact that you get to spend time with these characters and even if you're player you know the rookie doesn't say anything he's still interactive enough that they rec- you know acknowledge him and by the end they already hint that he's gonna get his own franchise so I I would like a Ghostbusters street that did that I know other artists that have great ideas great stories uh, for Ghostbusters 3 or just another sequel in general and you know that wouldn't just mask over uh, the new team and the old team and give balance. And I think if anybody wants a third film, that's what they want. A balance of new and old and not do away with the old. And really to say that's it, no more Ghostbusters movies, if, if that's how he meant it, then that's just dumb. Because at that point, we shouldn't care about any Ghostbusters film after that. And uh, so I just think in the end, yeah, it's, it's a silly, it's simple sort of BuzzFeed-like article. All right, so Chris, it sounds like Pablo had a pretty strong reaction, as as you and I did, as evidenced by the 45 minutes that we talked about it. Um, uh, the Cinema Blend article that we talked about last week, uh, the 12... Uh, things to avoid for a potential Ghostbusters 3 movie, and uh, Pablo had the same reaction that you and I did, that it doesn't make any sense for them to conclude anything and everything with a third movie. Why Why should this not set up a fourth movie, a fifth movie, a sixth movie, a f- infinite amount of movies? Um, that <laughs> is, and, and that's exactly what we solicited from, from everybody uh, there, was, was Pablo's exact reaction. Um, uh, he, he was a little more blunt, than we were he, he called it dumb so those are his words not ours but uh so yeah so thanks pablo uh for for uh sending in those thoughts uh chris while we're sort of in voicemail mode here i thought we would kind of go we we asked people on instagram uh for the first time for for their comments and uh, we got a, a good question that you and i weren't able to talk about last week um so i thought maybe we could we could do that here 
Uh, this comes from GB2 Magnum on Instagram. And he says, with Dan Aykroyd's recent interview with Dan Raver, Dan Raver, I thought, am I the one that's taking the muscle relaxants? Whatever. Marriage. Marriage. Go ahead. Is what brings us together. Uh, <laughs> with Dan Aykroyd's recent interview with Dan Rather, if we get this Ghostbusters 3, do you think they'll acknowledge the events of Ghostbusters the video game? Kind of tying into earlier uh, conversation here. Uh, do you think that they'll actually cast someone to play the role of the rookie? That's an excellent question, and I'm glad you brought that up because you and I really didn't launch into that at all, Chris. No. In our, our canonical conversation, if if Ghostbusters the video game is canon, as we are led to believe uh, <laughs> it is, this is a really good point. Like it, it yeah, they, they'll have to acknowledge uh, Elissa and um, maybe the rookie. I mean, do you think? Well, I don't. I don't think Ryan French is up for acting uh, in a, a big blockbuster movie. But if so, Ryan, uh, you got to get that. You got to. You got to shave the head again. Uh, you got to shave the beard. I know you got a beard now. Um, you got to get ready. You've got to start training to play the rookie once again. Uh, I. I don't think that they'll. <laughs> I don't think that they'll include the rookie, Chris. I think that that was just sort of supposed to be our avatar, rather I than think, a physical yeah. character. I think that's something that can be left unmentioned, and you can still mention the video game. Like, you, uh, all I'm hearing is that this is a really good opportunity to have Alyssa Milano in the movie, and I'm all for that. <laughs> that's Let's also true. do it. Um, yeah, God, that's. Uh, I'm trying to think of all of the implications now. If you include Ghostbusters the video game in whatever this movie is, you, you Brian Doyle Murray is now. The mayor. Well, no, many elections have gone, come and gone. Because remember, the video game uh, you know, guess, that came yeah. out in two thousand and nine is set in ninety one, right? Ninety. I thought it was later. Like I thought it was later in the nineties. But six and one half a dozen of another. It means Lenny and uh, well, not Lenny. It went from Lenny to what was the name of the mayor in the video game? Uh. Sh- Good he came and went. I don't question. Know. Let's yeah. put it this way. There's nothing about the video game that you you have to tie into a new story, depending on what you're trying to tell in a new story. But there's more than enough things you can do to basically make it clear that the events of the video game, you know, 15 years, whatever, in the past – were did happen. We just never saw them in a movie. We saw them in the video game. This can include things like um, uh, perhaps in visiting, you know, uh, City Hall, you catch a glimpse of both Lenny and Brian Doyle Murray's character, you know, photos, mayoral photos on the wall. Yeah, uh, Mayor go, Jock Mulligan, oh, for the record. Jock I had to look Mulligan. it up. Yeah. There you go. Uh, in an equipment shot, you can see a slime thrower, uh, proton thrower hybrid pack uh, sitting there somewhere, right? Um, what else is very video gamey? Uh, I mean, S- Slimer and Vigo being in the bay of the the firehouse. I feel like that might be an interesting. Um, Depends on how they treat Slimer. And actually, this is a very good question because, given his progression for between movie one and two, where's Slimer at now? <laughs> <laughs> and if he's the mean ghost that we see in the video game, what happened? 
what happened that's, to Boris that Slimer? Is, how are they going to retcon Slimer? That's a really good question, too. Um, uh, yeah, he's problematic more than anything. Uh, the yeah. Vico painting, I think, is actually... Uh, I don't know if he's hanging on the wall in the in the in the in the the garage bay, but I could definitely see that perhaps if you go down to the uh, containment unit room, perhaps there's a laser gridded. Uh, you know how the Mona Lisa's behind plexiglass <laughs> at the Louvre, <laughs> Vigo's in the basement next to the containment unit. <laughs> Being powered by the laser containment grid. Um, oh, I love that. That reminds me of uh, Vigo on Twitter for some reason. That <laughs> always griping about being in the basement of the firehouse. Um. Yeah. So I think definitely <laughs> you could give a nod there by doing that. There's a few things you'd have to drop because I'm pretty sure there's no good reason to to. <laughs> Why is there a hole in the the containment unit sub basement wall that leads to a uh, you know an old civil war. Uh, Gravesite. I don't know. Um, maybe we'll just not talk about that one. Yeah. If you uh, don't mind. Uh, but they could refer to the ghost island. That might be like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. th- there well, may here, be passing references. There, I, it, it's probably asking a little too much to work all of this canon into one movie, really. But I don't know that you have to. Like, what good reason is there to make me- all you need is one good reference and it's done. Yeah. It's for people who are aware of the video game, they know what that means and they know what it signifies. And if you don't, doesn't matter. It doesn't, it, you haven't burdened them with a trying to catch up on stuff because there's nothing that was going, unless you've decided the third one somehow has to deal with like black slime and all that. But why? Like oh. it doesn't necessarily. I mean, black slime, that, that could feasibly be something or bo- like boson darts or like the, the technology and the things that were incorporated into Ghostbusters, the video game could probably be potential yeah. fair game. I would guess. I think, I think the technology the slime the te- oh i'd love to see the slime tethers in live action yeah i i would too but that's a video game mechanic yeah. i don't it doesn't i think this is why in my head it was a show off the pack because it leaves it that it exists without ever really having to use it um but the energy weapons that's not a bad one um you know it it, it forms some variety too you know if you're having a running a running gun battle with ghosts, instead of waving, you know, destructive beams around, having something that actually fires a little like bit a projectile, of a yeah, is not necessarily, and that'd be cool and you know much more cinematic. But like I say, just being able to give a, a nod to the the mayors, and then you go, oh, it is all tied together. Yeah. But nothing in that story affects this story directly, so it's not mentioned. We don't have to belabor the point. We don't have to try and catch up people who weren't aware of the video game. And yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's not going to be like uh, there's a reference to Ghostbusters The Return, although it would be fun to see uh, a certain somebody become the mayor as, as happened in <laughs> Ghostbusters The Return. But. Well, you do you do that thing where it's uh, Lenny, Chuck, and then Peter, and then the, the next couple of mayors. No mention. Why is Peter the mayor yeah, wait, for a Peter while? the mayor? <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. From what I recall of The Return, that's way harder to, to yeah, shoehorn I don't in. Think so that's gonna, let's, yeah. let's just put it down and walk away. Um, just like we will not be shoehorning Mr. Milne's... Uh, <laughs> novelization Your weirdness. Your favorite novelization of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to go back and reread The Return. Maybe I can do that over the, the Christmas break here because I, I, it's been so long since I've read it. 
um, I don't, I, I remember bits and pieces, but I don't remember intimate details about it. So, um, anyway, uh, but very good question. Uh, uh, Mr. GB two Magnum on Instagram. What we're going to do is, uh, when you, uh, Wednesday night, uh, before you're tucking yourself into bed, uh, that's about the time that Chris and I are recording and we're going to start asking you guys for your on the air comments. Uh, so make sure that you are following us on the Instagrams cause that's where we're going to be, uh, polling you for these these uh particular comments so check check mm-hmm. out our instagram um oh it's at at, at the cross rip i should mention that at the cross rip on twitter at the cross rip on instagram uh all right so uh we threw down the challenge as we often do uh for michael tanaka to actually appear on the show live and in person to uh provide his rebuttal and his corrections to our ghostbusters idw comics talk um, we've even had some people who on our social media, uh, platforms had said, oh man, I would love if Michael Tanaka was on the air and I would love to hear him. And so, uh, for those people, I will continue to tell him, uh, pressure Michael, uh, maybe with a little bit of peer pressure, we can actually get him to come on the show. Um, but, uh, he, he's not here. I'm sorry. I, I hate to disappoint <laughs> everybody. He's not here. Uh, but what he did in trademark fashion is he did send us an email, um, and, uh, and it's, there's a lot of fun stuff in here. Um, so I think what we'll do is we'll conclude the episode here with Michael's that we'll call this Tanaka's corner of, of sorts. Um, but do be warned. There are some, some spoilers in here for, uh, crossing over the conclusion of the series. Number eight on shelves now on digital. Now go pick it up if you haven't already, but, uh, we venture into spoiler territory here now. Um, so I will act as Michael Tanaka. Um, we should have we should have built it up like we invited him on. We issued the invite, <laughs> and here you'll be happy, Ryan Dole, and then right. Ryan comes <laughs> out and. Or or I'll I'll find a way to uh, use the the synthesized text to speech, and we'll just have uh, <laughs> Michael Tanaka digitally call in. But uh, but anyway, so just just do a simple robot filter on your voice. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. So uh, I'll hit uh, I'll hit Michael's uh, points to our our conversation uh, last week on Ghostbusters Crossing Over Number Eight here. But um, one of the questions that we actually threw to him on the air was. Uh, Michael Tanaka, what do you want to see? Where, where do you think that the series will be going now that this uh, miniseries is over? And especially now that, and, and I, I do stand corrected. There is nothing on the schedule past uh, the Sanctum of Slime uh, one shot for 2019. So we have no idea what IDW has up their sleeves uh, in terms of uh, miniseries, one shots, the annual, anything. Uh, it's kind of a blank slate, so we don't know. But Here's Michael Tanaka's thoughts on what he thinks should be coming up. He thinks that in uh, Crossing Over, issue number two, pages 17 and 19, this is, again, what I love about Michael Tanaka is he cites his sources. Uh, when Tiamat secretly, as Dana talks to Peter and Jenny on the mental plane, uh, she says, a lot of dimensions out there, and some of them, you know, individuals are born and exist as a mass of psychokinetic energy and nothing more. They're not gods or monsters, and they're not trying to destroy or haunt, but they have their predators. Um, which finally brings me back to my point. Those predators have a vested interest in keeping the Ghostbusters from becoming a real interdimensional presence. It'd really mess up the balance. It might even be chaos. Um, and, and he had alluded earlier in one of his responses to us that he kind of clued into the predators, the theme of predators that came up, um, across all of crossing over. Um, so I I think he thinks we're going to see whatever these, 
these predators that prey on not the meek, but the, you know, just an ordinary average psychokinetic energy mass. That's not a ghost that is not malicious, uh, that doesn't want to cross into a different plane and, and wreak havoc. Uh, what are those predators? What, what are they and what are their intentions and, and what, what Mm. do the ghostbusters have to do with them? Um, and, and he, he comes up with another couple, um, instances. Um, let's see here. Tiamat gloats to her terror bird, uh, that the predators will panic my pets and the results will be glorious chaos. Then in issue eight, uh, Tiamat also, uh, says such powerful beings undone and imprisoned by mortals. This scent ripples across the multiverse. It sowed panic. Like you couldn't believe and panic gives birth to chaos. Of course, Tiamat loves her chaos. Uh, I want you to continue visiting other worlds, throwing ghosts and demons and things you can't even classify yet into fits of panic, chase them, upset the order of their environment, leave chaos in your wake and increase my power or be destroyed. Um, So I think the collectors from uh, the Ninja Turtles crossover, whatever these predators may be, uh, all all of these things that are extra dimensional um, that, I think that's kind of where he thinks the next story will lie. Um, and then he says, uh, sorry, Michael, I'm, I am abbreviating for you here. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so he's, he's talking about the collectors. Uh, he says that, um, you know, in uh, Ghostbusters Get Real, when Proteus exclaimed to Anka that he thought the real Ghostbusters disrupted the natural order, he sought to rectify it. So now with Tiamat defeated, that's probably the last straw. And then these predators are now going to go after the Ghostbusters. Um, what exactly they are? Demons, gods, old ones, elder gods, something else. Who knows? But the name says it all. They're not collectors who are out to imprison for a fee. These are predators with a capital P, uh, proper noun who are going to haunt and destroy out of self-preservation. Um, which is interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, it, when we get into these cosmic things that n- require uh, a, a great deal of explanation, Chris, um, I don't I, I Will that be a, a mini series? Will that be an ongoing series? It feels like that's something that's going to need some <clears throat> ramp up time to kind of hold people's hands. Yeah, well, we talked last time about there was talk of going back to simple bust stuff. Yeah. And I think there is room if you're going to do like, you can do it like uh, primetime series style where you have these standalone stories, but there's nods to a growing, you know, arc sort of thing. Right. And if this is about predators going after, you know, hapless little ghosts, whatever you want to say. Like there's a, there is room there to do a variety of busts that are fun to read on their own. And there's indications of something brewing on the horizon. I don't know. I, well, and, and it's funny cause that's, that's what Michael, I, Eric Burnham. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, that's how Michael uh, signed off his email to us was that, you know, after I wrote all of this, Eric has hinted that he just wants to go back to a basic case story. There's no multiverse stuff. That you may know, be where I got that from. Maybe we didn't talk. Maybe yeah, we're not smart enough to talk about that at all. He, Michael mentioned it. He's uh, saying that Eric kind of hinted that he's getting back to the original four with Kylie and maybe Melanie. Um, maybe there's an, another Ninja Turtles crossover in the works just because those are so successful. Yeah. Uh, he also hinted toward an Ecto-Submarine, 
which I am totally down for. <laughs> as uh, as my buddy Fritz will tell you, I love the inexplicably. I love the, uh, the spaceship Ecto that appeared in the Now comics. I believe it was the Ecto Four. Oh shoot, was it the mm. Ecto Four? The Ecto Ten? Maybe it was like the Ecto X. I think it was, was Ecto Four. Was like Ecto. That was one of the vehicles. Like yeah, it wasn't Ecto Four. Was like the little dune buggy. So it must have been the Ecto Ten. Yeah. It it looked like a a Star Trek shuttlecraft. And again, it made absolutely no sense, but uh, appears in one of my favorite arcs of the now comic series, uh, which. Uh, and there were uh, anyway. I won't get into that, but <laughs> but I I think uh, the sub should be called. Oh, how do you name the GBS Ecto? The GBS Ecto. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, H H H M. The British H-G-B. call it HMS, Her Majesty's yeah. ship. The Americans call it USS, the United States the- ship. But so for the Ghostbusters, it would be the Ghostbuster ship Ecto. Oh, ah. oh, would it be the RGB Ecto, the Royal Ghostbusters Ecto? Uh, Are they in England? Uh, n- no. Damn. Why don't you cut down on the muscle relaxants? <laughs> stop, stop saying dumb things. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> um, man, what do you go after in a sub? Uh, um, <sighs> Pro- and what do you have, proton torpedoes? Because that's a Star Trek thing, Eric. Yeah, sloppy. Are, no, well, are they going kidding. after mythical like seafaring creatures? Is this going to be like the Loch Ness monster or? Are you going after the Cthulhu the sleeper? Because that's a dumb yeah. idea. Don't yeah. do that. Leave him alone. Just Let the little guy sleep. Yeah, that's all you got to do. <sighs> Cthulhu. Sorry. Cthulhu. Cthulhu the sleeper. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, thanks, thanks, Michael, for uh, for Thank writing you, in, as you Thank always you for do. putting up with us. <laughs> He's shaking his head. He's not even going to send an email for this one. But uh, but yeah, thanks, thanks, Michael. someday we will get, we'll get you on the show one way or another. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, go, go stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at four seven zero two four two four seven four two. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Fence is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. So, Mr. Stewart... Uh, mm. It is it is December, which means uh, I believe I think next week, right around the corner, is your uh, home shopping, your your GB home shopping uh, episode. I think it is. I can't believe I'm actually saying that. I can't believe we're already there at this point. But uh, wow, uh, the the holidays are upon us. Um, so happy <sighs> holidays. Well, they've been <laughs> creeping up on us like that jerk in gym class with a wet towel. <laughs> for about a month now but uh, yeah it's here and it stings just as much but uh so hey you know what before you uh, you you before you throw to me because that's yeah. where you're headed, so, uh, yeah interesting point <laughs> i gotta find the article has anybody else heard anything about 
the inflatable uh, uh, displays, like the they're not being made anymore. Like the, to me, I was pretty sure the inflatable yard decoration was not a, a, a global monopoly. But I was talking to my mom, and she was reading something that I guess somebody's not making them anymore, or maybe one manufacturer because I uh, they were out in force here. Yeah, uh, for like this Halloween was the. And- yeah. The article specifically said if this was just for one company, they were like, "This is the last year." And it's like, but for some reason, my I, I mean, it, it, admittedly, she may have misread, but uh, <laughs> mom. Uh, well, in my thinking, because we never saw the Ghostbusters inflatables come back this year, I, th- I think there might have been some out there because, like, I never saw some up here. Like, well, the, there was that the inflatable Ecto and all yeah, that. Yeah, the, I don't know if like some third party that wasn't actually an, an officially licensed uh, vendor was making those or where those came yeah. from but those were that was that was not part of the Walmart yeah. licensing deal or whatever the hell it was there um, or maybe it's just you know that the trade war with China has uh, struck a blow to nerd that, them that might be a big part of it too is all of those imported goods uh, are uh, no longer being imported but I was about to say, does this mean no more inflatable slimers? And then I was like, there weren't any this year. So yeah, I I haven't seen anything about that. But I uh, maybe maybe while you're uh, while you're launching in your final thoughts, I'll see if I can dig around and I'd, see. You know, I kind of threw my final thought out the window because I'm reading more on uh, one times post here. He as is you know suggested by the fact that he built a giant wall size 3D. Uh, and he's gonna, you know, he wants to control things with his brain. He obviously has a, a he's way more of a technical guy than I am. Um, going through some of the stuff here is set up. Um, it's funny, people should find this anyways, because I think some of this stuff would be because re- a lot of it is designed to increase the frame rate, which makes it run better doing the 3D. And even if you're just playing on your own machine, pumping up the frame rate. It's never a bad thing. Uh, so a lot of his stuff would be... There's a couple interesting... This is... I, I mean, my final thought is, hmm, I want to tinker with this stuff now. Um, interestingly, like he's he said he's 80% sure you get more random dialogue at higher frame rates. Oh, really? Because uh, he, uh, he says amongst the characters, the higher your frame rate is during firefights. This makes a certain amount of sense to me because if um i mean they packed a lot into that game um which means that at a certain point they're probably they had to you know keep track of the footprint for uh you know various loading things going on yeah so it is it's not inconceivable that that footprint does vary according to the the frame rate for things like you know sound sound files being you know often a lot bigger than trying to load up you know even art files and all that on the fly in a lot of cases so uh that's interesting uh mm. i mean it's it's not that there's new ones it's that they, they chatter yeah, more that it's a, yeah, it's a rates. performance issue where they can load more of those uh sayings or dialogue clips into the the cache that's interesting Huh. So that's uh, all the more reason we need to just we'll go play and see what happens. 
<laughs> well, he did say visit any time, so yeah. he's in trouble here. <laughs> We're uh-huh. taking you up on it one time. We just need to know your real name first before we can stalk you yeah. and find where it is. He knows, he, from digging <laughs> under the hood and reading, I, I'm assuming he was also reading up on it or reading off these other sites that dug under the hood. Apparently, this is the first game uh, that was made to utilize more than four cores. Hmm. Which allow this is a reason why he partly why he can do it because as he puts it it will take whatever you can throw at it in 3D. Interesting. Um, he says the GPU makes a little difference. That would be for the rendering and all that. But overclocking the CPU instantly increases 3D frames per second slightly, hmm. and so it's CPU bound. So yeah, the GPU is just you know splitting it up. The G the CPU is still what's doing the heavy lifting on uh, rendering it all out. Um, and again, I say that as the least technical person uh, <laughs> it's in the, the, um, the technical equivalent of Michael Tanaka is furiously writing the email right now. Uh, <laughs> put us both in our place, probably. Uh, yeah, the funny part is he said, all in all, unfortunately, the game is not superbly optimized. Even on the best gaming processor money can buy, there are sometimes still dips below 60 frames per second in 3D. That's because, and I say this with all confidence, in 2009... They optimize really well uh, for not 3D. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and, and not expecting anybody to want to bump <laughs> no. that frame rate higher no. than <laughs> no. 60 frames per second in 4K up-res uh, 3D. Um, uh, there, yeah. there is there is a, a window, uh, a technical lifespan that you anticipate when you make these things. And past that point, you don't do the work because what's the point? <laughs> Uh, and I'm pretty sure in this one they looked at it and said, "Yes, we wanted to look good up to this resolution or whatever." They, there, here's here's the benchmarks that we're going to hit. Anything outside that, we don't care. Oh man. Uh, so well, I, I think mean, it's I think it's a little. Uh, it's not disingenuous. That's not the word. I think he maybe um, should give them more credit where credits due. In that, given what he's managed to get it to do, it's really kind of impressive. What what they managed to put into the game like just in building yeah. the infernal engine because remember the tests they showed us of the for the crowds and stuff i mean oh, that yeah, changed the heavily by the end and but the, the um there was that one where they showed how many objects you could pick up on a tether and what happened when you dropped them with all of the physics and the yeah the destructibility and yeah. all that stuff they they put a lot of thought into it and yeah. it looks like you know just kind of a, an emergent quality to that that game is that you can crack it open and you know do a little bit of um, I don't know if this is the initialization file stuff or what, but whatever in Nvidia Inspector values, yeah, that's not that's not anything I've ever played around with. But uh, yeah, you can crack it open and start flicking switches that they left off because they were like nobody's ever going to bother with this. Yeah, uh, ten years ago, yeah, ten totally. years ago, or if they do. It's not our problem. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like this is the. Yeah, my final thought. Is, actually, my final thought is I just want to play the game again now. But uh, yeah, well, and this all is, the more reason I hope that there's some sort of a digitally remastered, high def, whatever uh, remastered version of Ghostbusters the video game at some time. Just because then people like one time, what could they do with it? They could take that remastered version and and put it into VR, and we're all wearing yeah. Oculus goggles or something. I don't know. Well, uh, and that's my question: is if the original team is gone, who would play with it? And if they play with it, in order to upscaling it, will they 
will just by the benefit of being, you know, 10 years later, things be better? Or in 10 years after the fact and not being the base team, they'll get it looking great, you know, on our Xboxes and PCs or whatever, but it'll kind of gum up some of these loopholes. Uh, I don't break I don't, a few things. I, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I prefer to be positive. Somehow they do it. Yeah. 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 Let's just uh, let's just I don't know. Not podcast bet. A podcast hope for the future. <laughs> that if they if they ever did anything like that, it would then by extension mean you could still crack it open, start flipping switches, and you know on the yeah, right systems still yeah squeak out a little bit more or optimize for the three D people thing. like one time could have a field day with it yeah. Uh, I, I gotta Kinda find curious. out his real name. Yeah. I don't want to keep referring to him as. I feel like I'm back on the AOL days. Like, how's it going, Cast War? Uh, how's it going, <laughs> Net Solo? <laughs> We're all grown ups here. Let's go by our names. <laughs> I'm Pablo. Um, I'm also curious. Then <sighs> he did it because he wanted high def on a wall rendered so that the characters are the same size as you. That is not only noble and insane, that is awesome. But yeah. I'm wondering if the same stuff he's doing could be applied to um, uh, goggles. Uh, yeah, like the P- uh, PSVR. Uh, well, Oculus. probably not the. It would have to be, yeah, it'd have to be like something on the PC. Yeah. Um, I guess but, that's true. Yeah, PSVR is only for PlayStation, right? Yeah. But I mean the same the same the same uh, logic applies, right? If it can render it out, split, you know, between two different uh, frame renderings onto you know the two D monitor, it could do it to the two different eye displays in a in a thing. I guess the question then is 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 there some sort of mapping you could do that without them having done any uh, VR? I mean, it's 2009. There was no VR API stuff anywhere. I think people were probably still sitting around dreaming. They were smoking something at Oculus Rift and said, (laughs) we should start a company. Um, But maybe, again, there's just some sort of natural native thing, much the same way that instead of using your mouse, the the headset will pretend it's the mouse for now so you can look around. Yeah. I love it. I I love what the future could bring. Could the potential bring. your 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 podcast hope for the future? I think was a good way to phrase it because that's yeah. Let's do it that way. Yeah. Um, all right. Well. Uh, so next week, uh, you you get the soothing music of the holidays uh, along with Chris giving you some gift ideas, which is going to be a whole lot of fun. And then uh, the week after that, we have a, a fun thing or two in store for you as well. So uh, this this actually is going to be. Sadly, the the uh, last proper crossrip uh, talkie talkie episode of the year. But short, short of something uh, suitably notable. Yeah, if we have happening. to do an emergency uh, break into our our, our programming schedule, uh, of course we will do that. But uh, like Bill Murray has announced that they're doing a a, a remaster of the 2009 video game. Oh yeah, there, we come back and talk about that. <laughs> that's exactly what we would talk about. Yeah, but um, so yeah, so uh, we of course will be wishing you a, a happy holidays at the time. But uh, happy holidays, everybody. Hope hope you've enjoyed yet happy another holiday. Yeah, the happy fourth holidays. year of Ghostbusters interdimensional crossrip podcasting will be coming to a close. Year four, I can't believe it. Uh, but uh, year five 
looks like there's going to be a lot coming up. So hope that you will join us for it and spread the word. Uh, let everybody know that the podcast is here and exists and uh, we'll, we'll make year five the best one yet. And until then, everybody, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We got Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Careless Pets. We're so cool.